welcome folks that are here in the auditorium. You ventured out, and it is a beautiful night to be out. We don't have any snow yet. We don't have any rain yet that I know of, but we're going to possibly get some of that later on. Likewise, we'd like to welcome folks across the country and around the world. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's tuning in, and by the end of this Christmas season, hopefully we'll have a great host of people joining us for this special, special evening. And as we've said, the decorations lend themselves to a nice, quiet, relaxing evening. With the hectic pace that we have in this old world that is designed to wear and tear on the Christian, it's nice to have these beautiful surroundings. As someone has said, it feels like Christmas all over more than anywhere else. And I got to say, it feels like Christmas all over more than anywhere else. I'm glad you've joined me tonight. Now, if I don't speak in, uh, you know, sort of, um, uh, I guess, a golf uh, commentary levels of speech, it's because I stay excited 24-7. My wife will tell you that. I'm excited about Jesus Christ. And Christmas is about Jesus Christ. It's not about the presents. It's not about the decorations or the lights. As beautiful as those are and as wonderful as family get-togethers are, Christmas is still about Jesus Christ coming into this world to be born of a virgin, to die on the cross, to be buried, to rise from the dead, and to save us from our sins. He makes all the difference in the world. And so I'm glad that we can be here tonight. I'm glad that you can be viewing out there. Praise the Lord. And uh, let me just say a merry and blessed Christ-honoring Christmas to one and all. Billy Sunday said that uh, the most important thing is truth. The backslider likes preaching that, as he described it, wouldn't hit the side of a house. I used to say wouldn't hit the side of a barn, but wouldn't sit the, hit the side of a house. But the real disciple of Jesus Christ is delighted when the truth brings us to our knees. And that's it. When we preach about Jesus, whether it's at Christmas time or year-round as we do, there's one thing we want to do. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And He is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Max Licato has said that Christmas is best pondered not with our logic, but with our imagination. So may I borrow your imagination for the next 45 minutes or so? Hopefully we will paint on the canvas of your imagination a very clear picture of our Savior and how He came. It says in Luke chapter 2, Verse number 7, And she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now that'll preach every day, 52 Sundays out of the year. They didn't make room for Jesus to be born. And today people are not making room for Jesus Christ in their daily lives. And how important is that? It's all important. It's so very important. And then we know of the appearance of of the angel and then later the, the great heavenly host of angels 
to those poor shepherds. Poor shepherds that were chosen. Common, ordinary people just like you and uh, just like this preacher. We're so glad that, that God decided to address the announcements to those of us who wouldn't be classified as A-list people in the great and important venues of this world, but to common, ordinary shepherds. If God would do that, He would certainly extend His invitation to each and every one of us, the, the great and the small, the, the high and the lowly, to come to God through Christ. This baby born in Bethlehem would grow up to be the Savior, not of some, but of all mankind. Oh, this is going to be a great pre-Christmas candlelight tonight. Harry Ironside said, We would worry less if we would praise more. I like that. We would worry less if we would praise more. What did the angels do? They rejoiced. What did the shepherds do? They rejoiced. What did everyone do who had his or her path crossed during this wonderful time when Jesus came to earth, they rejoiced. They rejoiced. And we're going to ID ourselves as being among those from that first Christmas until now. As we take our hymnals tonight, and we are going to turn to number 140. 140, the first Noel, the angels, the angel did say was to certain poor shepherds, in fields as they lay. You just sit back and relax. You folks out there, you'll see it on your screen as we sing together just the first verse of the first Noel. The first Noel the angel did sing was to Noel has come into our language, but it didn't originate with English. In fact, it started in the old Latin, and it has to do with birth, because it's about the birth of our Savior. It then migrated through Old French and came into Middle English, and it has had various spellings over the year, years, but we have N-O-E-L. We actually knew a family by that last name, the Noel family. A constant reminder of what God did when He condescended to man to send His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. I just say that's nothing short of wonderful. God spared no detail. In fact, uh, I believe that God is in the details of the birth of our Savior proving Himself uh, and convincing us and assuring us that He has our life 
in His best interests. He has us in His mind. God never has a moment when He doesn't think of you and me. God is always thinking about us. He has our best interests in mind. That's why God the Son came for you and came for me as well. Turn back in your Bibles to Isaiah. Isaiah, and we're going to turn to chapter number 9, verses 6 and 7. There was a skeptical king, Ahaz. And the prophet Isaiah said, you want to convincing? Let me give you a sign. Not just any birth, not just any young woman, but a virgin is going to have a baby. This is the sign. And it says in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born. And what is his name? Jesus. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He always was, he's the eternal son, but he came as a baby, so a child is born. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Say Wonderful. Wonderful. Counselor. Say Counselor. Counselor. The Mighty God. Say it. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And say, praise Him. Amen. Praise Him. Of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Wow. His name is wonderful. Turn with me in your burgundy book now to number 254. Number 254. We're going to sing once through this great song written by Audrey Meyer. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. Sing it from the heart with great expression. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, He is the mighty King, Master of everything. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, He's a great shepherd, a rock of all ages, Almighty God is He. Bow down before Him, love and adore Him. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head right now. I'm going to ask everyone out there, bow your head. And I'm going to ask Gwendolyn to play softly through that one more time. Our Heavenly Father, how we thank you for the most wonderful gift, the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, and eternal life through His death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you, Lord, that it is a finished and completed and perfect salvation. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for going to such lengths for us. And Lord, tonight we're reviewing all the good things that you've provided and thanking you so much that we don't have to simply listen with our ears, but more so we can listen with our heart. 
and our heart resounds and reverberates again saying Lord you are wonderful Jesus is wonderful thank you for being in the details thank you for proving yourself again and again and thank you for saving our souls you thought us worth it and we praise you for that in Jesus name and all God's people said amen and amen it was back in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 and it was that scripture that the the scholars in Jerusalem correctly identified the birthplace that was prophesied so many years before as being Bethlehem Bethlehem think about that an obscure little village I think it was this last week I said over 100 prophecies and I was way under the count I was corrected over 300 prophecies most of them already fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus Christ and to have just 60 of those prophecies come true would the odds of it would be one out of one with 157 zeros after it it's impossible except with God all of those things have come true in and through Jesus Christ and if God cared enough to give us the details ahead of time and then fulfill them he is proving that what's going to happen next will also occur God is never early he is never late he is always what right on time as we're gonna to see tonight how wonderful is he he is so wonderful in Matthew's gospel let's turn there Matthew's gospel and everybody out there viewing online Let's turn as well to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus, Noel, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Now Jesus means Savior, as we're going to see. Christ means anointed one. He, he is, the, he is the, the Messiah. Was on this wise, very, very specific detail. When as his mother Mary was espoused, that's an engagement that's stronger than today's engagement, to Joseph before they came together in other words before there was any physical any biological connection before they came together she was found with child of who the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost Jesus Christ was uh, was miraculously conceived of the Holy Ghost then Joseph her husband now that's what he is legally being a spouse being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, he was in the kingly line of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus." for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now Hebrews knew that Emmanuel meant God with us, but in the New Testament we have it written first in Greek and then translated into English and so now we have the interpretation then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him he was obedient and took unto him his wife and knew her not that is physically till she had brought forth her firstborn son 
and he called his name Jesus. 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 Wow. I got to tell you, I still get excited when I hear the name Jesus lifted up in exaltation and praise. There's nobody higher. There's nobody greater. There's nobody more deserving and worthy in all the universe than our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now that's enough to make a Presbyterian shout. Come on now. Amen. Amen. Take your silver books just for a change. Turn to number 92. Number 92. Oh, what a Savior is mine. And we are going to sing the first and fourth stanzas. in the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, and each one so very meaningful. His coming to earth, His dying, His going back to heaven and coming again. Those are, those are vivid pictures. Remember, the best way to ponder Christmas, Max Lucado said, is not with our cold logic, but with our imagination. Think about Him being born in obscurity. Think of that. Think of Him dying on the cross. He was all alone, rejected by God and men at that time. Think about him coming forth from the grave and walking among men for 40 days and being carried away into heaven and obscured by clouds and those two men in white saying, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. The same Jesus is coming back again. It could be any moment. I tell you, you read your newspaper and you think, man, it's got to be today. It's got to be soon. I don't know. We're not date setters. But we are, we are heaven watchers. We are, we are longing lookers, if I can say it that way, according to what the Bible has to say. The fourth stanza now makes it very personal. Anybody here got a burden, a problem? How about it? Anybody out there got a burden or a problem? You got a prayer request? You got an issue? You got a conflict or controversy or challenge that you're facing. Maybe there's an illness in your body. Maybe you don't walk as swiftly as you used to. Maybe your back hurts or your neck hurts or your head aches. Maybe you've got a problem internally. Maybe your loved one is on death's door, a step, who knows? I can't say everybody else has his or her own challenge. Lifting my burdens, relieving my care. Oh, what a Savior. Give me that chord again. Let's sing it together. Lifting my burdens, relieving my care. Oh, what a Savior 
Savior is mine. Spurgeon said it this way, we have all these religious things that we do, that, that the world does, that people that are religiously connected do. And here's what Spurgeon said, religion sets rules. Jesus sets us free. Amen? Religion ha, sets rules. Jesus sets us free. Anybody here been set free? How about out there? Huh. Anybody been set free? Amen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Oh, what a Savior is mine. Oh, what a Savior. Vance Havner, one Christmas morning, wrote this. The news report this morning, news reports, plural, this morning, do not sound like peace on earth, goodwill to men. Mm. Well, it didn't look so good long ago in Bethlehem. But God started something then, and He is going to see it through. Come on, amen, amen. He who was a babe in Bethlehem is coming back. And more dear souls than you might think are not only waiting, but watching for His return. Here again, the candle comes in. Talking about candlelight services. The church is not a little club with its main business now for its members to sit tight and hold hands until Jesus comes. No, we ought to light our candles. That means a testimony. Light our candles and get them out from under those bushels. Come on now. And let's let them shine. Not to blind people with a glare, but just to bless people with a glow. Hey, that'll preach. We're not supposed to blind people with a glare. Just bless them with a glow. Come on. Amen. Today, tomorrow, all weekend, all this season, let's bless folks with what? A glow, not blind them with a glare. Amen. And then he concludes, if we ever do that, every day will then be Christmas just as every day for a Christian ought to be Easter and Thanksgiving as well. I say amen to that. That's it. Amen. I tell you, that is, that is good, good preaching. I like that. I like that. And I don't want to go someplace where I am just made to feel good. I want to go someplace where I see how good God is. And I'm motivated to let Him live through me. Amen. Amen. We think of gift giving. How much did you spend? Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Last week in the bulletin, we asked the question, a costly Christmas, if it cost Jesus a life of sacrifice and service, a death cruel and unmatched in history. Is Christmas costly? If it is, it is, rather, if all that it means is gift exchanges. Oh, gift exchanges. And it goes on. Um, I, there's one place, I mean, if I had my druthers, I would not be in a gift exchange line the day after Christmas. And I'm not going to be. I'm just announcing that right now, so you know that. But I want you to think about different gifts that you've gotten at different times. And gift exchanges. 
God never gives a gift that you're not capable of receiving by His grace that He provides. God will never offer you a gift that you're not capable of receiving by His grace that He provides. So every good and perfect gift comes from whom? From God. Comes down from the Father. James says, right? Amen. Amen. And when He sent Jesus Christ, He sent the best, the very best gift ever. I want you to turn in your Burgundy books and turn to number 318. Number 318. We're going to sing together again. Number 318. We will sing just the first verse. This may not be as familiar as some songs with a Christmas theme, but Jesus, my Savior, to Bethlehem came, born in a manger to sorrow and shame. Oh, it was wonderful, blessed be His name, seeking for me, for me. Let's sing it together, shall we? sound a little bit like the song we just sang. But you know what? It's a different song, and it's got a great message. Uh, Lanny Wolf wrote a song that was similar to that. Uh, seeking for me, seeking for me. When I knew him not, he was seeking for me. We don't have that natural propensity, that spiritual radar that gets us into position to get saved. God is the one who positions us. God is the one who draws us. It's His great love that brings us to that point. And when we're at the end of ourself, that's when we find ourselves in His presence and the, the wonderful alternative to our futility is the, the wonderful salvation we have in Jesus Christ. I said a few moments ago that God is always right on time. Never early. He's never late. Take your silver book. We're going to turn to number one. And we're going to sing Mosey Lister's great song. First and third verses only. At the right time. At the best time. He came. First and third stanzas. At a time of God's own best time. 
mighty came to the great and to the lowly to the great and to the lowly he came to the Amen. Good singing. Thank you so very, very much. Now, because of the venue tonight, we will not be having our special time at the end of prayer requests and praises and so forth, though I'm sure there are many. We'll catch up on Sunday. We have in our Sunday school venue time for prayer requests and praises, and we do so frequently. But I want you to know that we are still uh, a very vigilant and uh, diligent praying people here at Central Baptist Church. If you're viewing as a guest, or if you're here as a guest, whatever your prayer request, please let us know, and we will be happy. We'll send it down the prayer chain, and instantly it will go to about 300 different numbers, and in turn it will be sent out. Uh, about uh, two dozen or three dozen of those numbers then are multiplied over again and again all the way around the world. And what better time to have prayers offered and answered than at Christmas time. It's a good time to pray, isn't it? It's also a good time to give. We give of ourselves, just like God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Your giving. Today we came by and had some offering envelopes that had been left and others mailed in this week and some given at church services Sundays and Wednesdays for which we praise the Lord. We have a special offering envelope that is give a Christmas gift to Jesus and that will be concluding this Sunday. During this time of, of COVID attention, we have, in addition to all of our missionary responsibilities and all of our regular giving, we have completely covered by the grace of God, six special projects. And that's just the goodness of God. I, I shared that with someone just uh, the other day, and uh, it's amazing to hear, but that's God. God's economy isn't like your economy or like my economy. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And everybody thinks, well, we need to have this or we need to have that. And we want all these pews filled up sooner or later. And they're going to be filled up. And our, our online crowd is going to keep on growing. And the message is going to go around the world. And this year there are going to be more announcements about even a greater uh, expansion, more platform space for the message to go out. And God is doing that. That is the silver lining. That is what God does when there is a crisis. When man says there's a crisis, we say, here's the Christ. When man says, oh, here's the conflict, we say, here's the Christ. When, when man says, oh, uh, here's, here's the problem, we say, here's the problem solver, here's the answer, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And we are not ashamed that He is doing that and more for us, and we praise His holy name. Take your Bible again. 
During this time of COVID attention, I hope that you have done as some. Uh, Brother Tom Higgins, who is one of our faithful YouTube viewers, has just uh, a few weeks ago completed reading the Bible through for the fourth time this year. Wouldn't it be good for us to use this time? Who knows what's going to be in the future? But we can read our Bible, at least for now, till they try to take it away from us. I tell you what, I have a way to absolutely guarantee that they can't take the Bible away from us. Let's all hide God's Word in our heart. Amen? Amen. And when God's Word finds its place in our life and by the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit, we begin to live it out. This world is going to see our Savior the way they need to see our Savior. We are in uh, the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And Jesus Christ did come at the right time, as we have sung. At just the right time. Would you follow with me as I read, beginning at verse number 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, saying, and crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Father, I pray right now that you'll fill me with the Holy Spirit and anoint the ears of the hearers, the viewers, those who are here and those that are around the world. I pray, God, the message will go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord that the word is like rain that falls and it does not return void. It may be that someone will hear a portion of a verse this Christmas season and without hope until that point, realize that Jesus Christ is our hope. We're not speaking of religion tonight or any other time. Religion cannot save. Religion simply, as Spurgeon says, sets out rules, sets out expectations. And every one of us has fallen short of God's glory. As a result of that, alone we cannot measure up. We need the one by whom we can measure up, Jesus Christ. You need Him to save you if you're not saved. You need Him to satisfy you and keep you and secure you and do service through you. If you will allow Him to have His way, I promise you that your life will have meaning and purpose and the design of God Almighty will become clearer for you. If you're wondering tonight, on this Christmas occasion, why am I here? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of life? Life is to be found in Jesus Christ alone. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Only in Christ, who came those many years ago, can we experience that new life? And when He came, it was described as the fullness of the time. Not just the fullness of time, but the fullness of T-H-E, the 
time. The fullness of the time. That refers to human history. When things get so bleak and so difficult, would you say they look pretty bleak right now? Would you say they're pretty difficult and challenging right now? What an opportunity for God to do something through Jesus Christ. And 2,000 years ago, God did something when it was darkest, when it was bleakest, when it was nastiest. That's when Jesus came. And He is the answer. He is the one who comes to solve our problems and to make our life have meaning. Not only in terms of human history and the conditions that were being experienced then. But the fullness of the time means that people are anxious. They, they fill up and fill up. And Have you ever said, I'm, I, I've just... I've had this old world to, to its fill, to my fill, to, to, to as far as I can take it. I can't take anymore. I can't take anymore. Why, that's an opportunity for Jesus Christ to make the difference in your life as well. We, we need His fullness, and we can receive His fullness. The answer is replace everything that's, that's got you frustrated with everything that will satisfy and meet your needs, and that's all to be found in Jesus Christ. The fullness of the time was come. The fullness of your time has come. The fullness of every individual's, every family's time, every nation's time. That fullness has come. It's time for Jesus Christ. God sent forth His Son. It was not arbitrary. It was not last minute thinking on God's part. God didn't just say, well, why don't we try this on and see if this works? God doesn't do things that way. God sent forth His Son, capital S-O-N. God sent forth Jesus Christ. I want you to think about that. The Creator who spoke everything into existence came down and was inside Mary for nine months to be born physically the way you and I were born, yet without sin. That's God's plan, to provide a flesh and blood Savior who has no sin of His own. He was blameless. He was perfect. He was without sin, without mark. Praise the Lord. He is the perfect Lamb of God. He was sent forth. Sent forth. That's a mission. That's, that's a purpose. That is a design. God so loved the whole world. Uh, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. At the right time. At the right time. He was made of a woman, came through the vehicle of a virgin mother. She was a sinner like anybody else. She was not born of her virgin mother as religion falsely has taught for several hundred years. That was made up by religious people. It's not true. Mary was a sinner like anybody else and needed the grace of God. A sinless person doesn't need God's grace. She is Mary, full of grace. She is, she is not the producer of grace. She is the receiver of grace. And you can be the receiver of grace also. I'm speaking to every boy and girl, every teenager, every adult, under the sound of my preaching tonight, you can be on the receiving end of God's riches, God's grace. Praise the Lord. 
made under the law. Jesus Christ satisfied all the requirements of the law. Anybody here ever break the Ten Commandments? I got my hand raised. You better raise your hand. I want to see 100%. Unless you're paralyzed, raise your hand. That's right. We've all broken the Ten Commandments. And James says, if you've offended in one point, you've, you've offended in all. You have broken all. I have broken all of the law. I am guilty. There is no way I can be justified before God on the basis of the law. The law reveals my need of a Savior. And Jesus Christ is the only way by which the law is met. He did it. He did it for you. He did it for me. And praise the Lord. I don't have anything on my account. When God looks at my account, it's a blood-washed account. It's a clean account. It's an account that was once held by Jesus Christ. It's as blameless and perfect and sinless. It's only because of justification. It's just as if I'd never sinned. That's what Jesus Christ did for me by imputation. When, when He took my sin debt, and He gave me His righteousness, and I have that. I've become the righteousness of God in Christ. Praise the Lord. And so when God looks at me, He looks at me through the, the lens or the prism of the perfection of Jesus Christ. And I am justified. Makes me want to do better. Makes me want to, to love Him and yield to Him more. Makes me want to serve Him with more fervor. Doesn't it also do the same to you? The fullness of the time was come. The inevitable took place. The price was paid and we were redeemed, bought back. We were under the law, under a curse, under a debt we couldn't pay that we might receive the adoption of sons. The adoption of sons is not simply about the initial uh, uh, transformation that takes place when we get saved. That's a birth. That's the new birth. When you get regenerated, when you get saved, that instant... You are a newborn child of God. You are born again. The adoption of son has to do with the legality of the inheritance that we have. Because I'm saved, not because I did anything, because I got saved, I now experience the adoption of sons whereby I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And everything that Jesus has coming to him, I've got coming to me. No, I don't deserve it. I won't ever deserve it. No, you don't deserve it. You won't ever deserve it. But it's already done. It's a done deal. It's been signed, sealed, delivered. It's done. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We have, we have the down payment of our inheritance inside of us right now. All of you that are saved, you got the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's the inheritance. That's the down payment of the inheritance. You know that you're going to get the rest of it. If you've got new life in you because of the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity being in you, you know you've got the down payment. You're going to get the rest of it. We're going to receive it. We're going to realize it someday. The manifestation of it is coming. There's going to be a time when we're called up together. We'll be with the Lord. And He's going to say, child of mine, all of this is yours, bought and paid for. All of this is yours. And you can protest for the first million years if you want to, but it's not going to change anything. It's already done. The transaction is done. Because we have the adoption of sons, right now, 
The Spirit of His Son is in our hearts. And that's why we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father is baby talk for Daddy. Help me, Daddy. Help me, Daddy. When you're in trouble, when I'm in trouble, when this old world is in the kind of fix, the kind of mess that it's in right now, everybody needs to be turning to the Lord and crying, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, help me, Daddy. Help me, Daddy. You want to know the way through all this mess. You want to know the way to what God's best is for you. Cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, help me, Daddy. Help me, Daddy. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. We serve Him by love, but we don't serve Him by force. We're a son. We're an heir. If a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Whew. Be patient. If I could say anything to my people and to those that are viewing this program, be patient. Say, it's not easy to be patient. Well, tribulation worketh patience. Anybody want some more tribulation? We're handing it out tonight on a special discount. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience, hope. We have, we have patience because of what God brings us through. And we're waiting for the fulfillment. We're waiting for what's going to come in the end. In the meantime, God is working behind the scenes. And on you and me, He's still working on you and me. I'm, I'm not a finished project yet. He's still working on me. There are a lot of rough edges. Maybe you could say amen to that. And uh, God sent forth His Son in definite action so that all of this could be put into effect in one of these days. I'm not what I ought to be. Praise God, I'm not what I was. I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm going to be. I'm becoming what I'm going to be. This is by the grace of God, by what God is doing, how He's working all around us. If He was willing to do all of that to satisfy the requirements of the law and willing to do that so that a virgin would give birth to a sinless Savior, don't you think, don't you think He can handle my problem and your problem Today and tomorrow, every day thereafter. Come on now. Amen? Amen. He absolutely can. Let us do what they should have done back in Bethlehem. So what's that? What did they do in Bethlehem? Well, they did a lot of things. But the one thing that they messed up on they should have done, they should have made room for Jesus Christ. And here tonight, I want every one of us, whatever that means for you, Everybody out there, whatever that means for you, I want you to make room for Jesus Christ, either as your Savior, as Lord of your life, in whatever area is not surrendered, we need to make room for Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Nobody's looking. How many of you tonight would say, Preacher, on this candlelight service night, The Spirit of God has spoken to my heart about something. Put your hand up high. Spirit of God. Yes, 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 yes. All across the auditorium. Christmas is a wonderful time of the year, but it's wonderful because He's wonderful. And the Spirit of God's still moving in this place. How many of you would say, God helping me, I want to make room for Jesus Christ in my life. Put your hand up high. I want to make room for Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So let me suggest, if you've never received Christ as your Savior... Let's do this first. Anybody here that's not sure of heaven, 
little ones, teenagers, young adults, senior citizens, whoever you are out there, if you've never made room for Jesus as Savior right now, pray from your heart something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. And right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer and meant it, put your hand up right now so I can see it. I prayed that prayer and I meant it.